Let's open a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you this morning that you're on the throne. Thankful, Heavenly Father, for you sending Jesus to die on the cross for us that we could be saved. Pray for our brother Joe that you would help him physically. All those that are having health issues, Father, we just bring them before you. And we also just want to be thankful, Lord, because you do everything for us. You saved us from start to finish. You walk with us every day. Father, you don't give up on us. We're just thankful for your grace and your mercy. And I pray, Father, as we divide up in prayer that you'll meet each one of those requests or praises in your own special way because your ways are higher than our ways. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. As I was working through Isaiah, I was reminded one lady, Leslie Rummel, she said I could share this if I let people know that she wrote it, not because she brags about it, because she was deeply moved when she wrote it, and I just thought it was a good reminder. I shared this with the inmates at the jail about three years ago, around Thanksgiving. It's entitled, I Thank You, Lord. I thank you for the blessings you give to me each day. They fill my life with abundant joy more than words can say. I thank you for my growing faith in the trials I've made it through. I'm victorious and am made complete because of only you. I thank you for the many times you carry me through my strife. I long for, with each passing day, your presence in my life. I thank you for your only son who died and set me free. I marvel at the fact that you think so much of me. I thank you for your tolerance and a love that never ends. How glad I am that you are both my Savior and my friend. I thank you for the holy word that's powerful and true. It's the plan you made and a gift that keeps me close to you. I thank you for your gentleness and desire to draw me near. When you embrace me in your arms, I lose all doubt and fear. But most of all, I thank you, Lord, because you're God and King. I'll praise you till the day I die. My heart will forever sing. I don't know how much you can add to that. Thanksgiving is a good reminder. Well, this morning we're going to extend the holiday of Thanksgiving to continue to build our list of gifts from God that we're thankful for. So far in our study in Isaiah 55, we've unveiled two gifts from God. We should be thankful not only on Thanksgiving Day, but throughout every day of the year. In verses 6 and 7, we found the gift of God's salvation, not only to Israel in Isaiah's day, but to us. There is no other gift that can top God's salvation. Israel is God's chosen nation, found salvation by obeying and trusting in Him alone. We as Christians know our only hope for salvation is in Christ alone. And we sing that song, and again, I will not try to sing it, but in Christ alone, I think the words are a good reminder, in Christ alone, my hope is found He is my light, my strength, my song, this cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. 
What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, when striving cease. My comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. And I think that's a good reminder when we sing that. Christ alone, that is our salvation. Last week in verses 8 and 9, we uncovered the second gift from God we should be thankful for. And that is we need to be thankful to God for His mercy. Praise the Lord, God's thoughts and ways are not our thoughts and ways. God never, ever makes a mistake. And when our plans change because God's plans trump ours, that is evidence of God's mercy and grace toward us. Our God, who according to Psalm 139 knows our thoughts and ways before we think them or do them, is in charge and His mercy and grace, although undeserved, is a tremendous gift to all of us. This morning we come to the final gift from God we should be thankful for, and that is shared in verses 10 to 13 of Isaiah 55. We should be thankful to God for His Word. We should be thankful to God for His Word. Follow with me as we read our total passage these last three weeks, Isaiah 55, 6 through 13. Please follow along with me. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts nor are your ways my ways declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there without watering the earth, and making it bare and sprout, and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty." without accomplishing what I desire, and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. For you will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth into shouts of joy before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush, the cypress will come up, and instead of the nettle, the myrtle will come up. And it will be a memorial to the Lord for an everlasting sign which will not be cut off. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Father God, we're thankful so much for your word. We're thankful we can depend on it, that it's totally accurate, that it's inspired by you, Lord, and that we can have our copy to follow along, to study. And Father, may we never underestimate the power of your word. May it be ever present not only in reading it and meditating on it, but in memorizing it, that we store it in our hearts, that we might not sin against you. Father, be with us as we wrap up this study in Isaiah 55. Thankful that we have it to study together. And I pray that as we study it, we would apply it through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 
In verses 10 to 13, we find two truths about God's Word. And in preparing this study, I was reminded of what we're learning about God's Word in Sparks. And Sparks is a kindergarten through second grade group in Awana. And this year we're studying about God's Word, about the Bible. And here's what we've learned so far. Other names for God's Word include the Scriptures, the Holy Scriptures, and the Bible. We know and we've studied God's Word is true. It's inspired. It's inerrant. It was written by God through God-directed writers. Its main character is God. The Bible is for everyone. It's powerful and eternal. That's what we've learned with the kindergarten through second grade. Isn't that amazing? And it's amazing what they remember. Because I think God plants that in their hearts. And when we do a review, they pretty well cover what we've already covered so far. So never underestimate kindergartners, believe me. So now let's focus on the two truths about God's Word as we thank God for His Word. That first truth is God's Word accomplishes God's desires. God's Word accomplishes God's desires. We see that as we just read here in verses 10 and 11. John Wesley shares this, the snow which is in its season contributes to the fruitfulness of the earth it returneth not without effect it has an effect and bread that it might bring forth store of bread corn both for men's present supplies and for seed for next year german commentators kyle and dalich tell us rain and snow return as vapor to the sky but not without having, first of all, accomplished the purpose of their descent. I like that. I've never heard it put that way. But as it descends, accomplish the purpose of the descent is to put vapor in and to water the earth. Historian and writer Barnes adds, God says that his truth shall certainly accomplish an effect similar to that produced by descending showers. The rain never descends in vain. It makes the earth fertile, beautiful, and lovely. And then David's last song, similar thoughts in 2 Samuel 23, 4. He shares, God is as the light of the morning when the sun rises, a morning without clouds when the tender grass springs out of the earth through sunshine after rain. Isn't it something, you know, when it rains, how everything smells kind of fresh. I think that's a reminder how God even controls, you know, the rain and the snow that descends. When God's word is presented, it never returns void. Because God has a purpose with his word. And when we share God's word, God will have that purpose accomplished. Verse 11 continues, and we'll look at verse 11 together. So shall my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. We are reminded of the power of God's word. Pointed out in Isaiah 66, 1. Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. 
Where then is a house you could build for me? And where is a place that I may rest? For my hand made all these things. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Hebrews 11.3, by faith we understand what the worlds were prepared by the word of God. Psalm 119, 161. Princes persecute me without cause, but my heart stands in awe of your word. And Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God's word, it will not return to God empty. We must never underestimate it. I'm reminded every day that God gives us a sack of seed to scatter and it's up to God to do with it whatever he wants. After all, God does the saving. We do the sowing as adopted sons and daughters of God. And every day when I was working at Pinellas County Jail and I was very blessed and honored to serve there, as I would Start the day, I always thank God that he gave me a sack of seed and he gives us that every day. Because every one of you, every one of us runs into different people. And when we have that sack of seed, God's word, we share it, we sow it, but God is the one that does with it what he wants. The rest of verse 11 says, without accomplishing what I desire, and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. God's purpose in his word is always accomplished. God doesn't make a mistake. He can't. He's perfect. He's holy. God's will is always fulfilled by his word. The picture of snow and rain accomplishing its purpose is to water and fertilize the earth. So when God's word is spoken, it always again accomplishes what God's purpose is. Reminder in the parable of the sower in Matthew 13, beginning at verse 3, and remember all that was sown, all that was thrown out, was all accomplished according to God's will. Warren Worsby shares, just as the rain and snow are never wasted by accomplishing his purpose, so his word never fails. We never know how God will use even a casual word of witness to plant and water the seed in somebody's heart. God knows that. According again to Psalm 139, he knows everything before it happens because he's God. He's eternal. When God created the heavens and the earth, God was already there. He's eternal. No beginning. So why not put our our lives into his hands as we walk with the Lord one day at a time. One inmate wrote this about God's word, and he's incarcerated. His name is Art. He's in Nashville, Tennessee, serving a life sentence. It's entitled, My Precious Holy Bible. I praise God for even in this world in which we live today, I'm at least allowed to have my Bible. My precious holy Bible is my lifeline to the old ship of Zion, my well-beaten pathway into the Lion of Judah, 
my bright morning star in the arms of the Lamb of God, a meadow of plenty in my lily of the valley. My precious holy Bible is my comfort while incarcerated in a cold, lonely prison cell. A light that never flickers in a minefield of darkness. My Bible is my guide to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I cherish my precious holy Bible both day and night. I sleep with it gently cradled in my arms. I must know it in my head so I can stow it in my heart. For only then can I show it in my life and sow it in the world. It needs to be precious to us. We in America, very few people have just one Bible. Many have different translations. They have three or four. They have a small Bible, pocket Bible, big Bible, all kinds of Bibles. We need to cherish each and every one of those. That's God's Word. It's something God has given us to to study, to meditate, to memorize, and to use it every day in our lives. Look again with me at verse 11. It says, It will not return to me empty. Without accomplishing, making, doing, acting, executing what God desires. God's word executes his will. And remember from last week, God's ways and thoughts are higher as the heavens are higher than the earth. I remember one of my seminary teachers telling me that I'll never forget. God says it. I believe it. That settles it. God's word is always true. So when he speaks, as he speaks through his word, it's carried out. It's executing what God desires. Many examples we could go to in Genesis 1. Anybody remember what's there? What happened in Genesis 1? Creation. And when God said, let there be light, did it just say, well, I don't know, maybe in a few, few million years, maybe? What happened? There was light. And as God created and he said, let there be this, let there be that. What happened? Not 50 million years? No? Wow. That's a little different than what the world says, isn't it? God's word is powerful. When God said, let there be light, there was light. The Tower of Babel in Genesis 11, verses 1 to 9. Remember, they all got together speaking the same language. They didn't want to scatter. When God told them to scatter, what happened? Did they just still say, oh God, we're not going to listen. We're going to keep building till we reach heaven. They scattered. Why? Because God said it. He gave that command and they weren't maybe listening that day. We ever do that? God tells us to do something through his word and we say, well God, I've got to kind of think about it. I got to have my own personal meeting, you know, whether I want to do that or not. When God gives us his word, he expects us to what? Do it, obey it. Why? Because he knows God knows his word is the very best for us when we follow it, when we obey it. Is that always easy? In the world we're in, does the world say, wow, I'm glad you're obeying the word? We can expect, as 
Pastor Joe has shared, we can expect persecution. That's part of walking the life here on this earth. But God is always with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Verses 12 and 13 continue about God's Word. And that second point about God's Word, that second truth, is God's Word is absolute truth. God's Word is absolute truth. Beginning at verse 12. For you will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth into shouts of joy before you. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush, the cypress will come up. Instead of the nettle, the myrtle will come up. And it will be a memorial to the Lord for an everlasting sign which will not be cut off. All the words of God concerning the nation of Israel did and will come true because God's word is absolute truth. John Wesley shares, You, Israel, will be released from your bondage. Clap, as there will be general rejoicing. Whereas your land was filled with thorns and briars, they shall be planted with fir trees and myrtle trees. All of the prophecies concerning Israel have and will come true because God's word is true. Another commentator tells us, all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. To clap the hands is expressive of joy and rejoicing. Creation shouts out the Creator. As we look around us, we look at the trees, we look at the grass, creation shouts out, of our Creator, the one who created all of it. Clapping your hands is expressive as used in Psalm 47.1. It says, Oh, clap your hands, all people. That mean go around like this? No. That just means to celebrate, to rejoice that we serve the true God. Psalm 98.8 says, Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Did they literally do that? You ever seen mountains sing together? I remember one time when we were living in Colorado, I remember seeing part of God's creation when we were driving through the mountains, we saw a rainbow between the mountains. A reminder again of God's creation and how we need to rejoice in that and praise God. These verses describe the journey the exiles will take as they return to Jerusalem, Israel. Israelites will not depart Babylon in fear, but in joy because they're going home. No soldiers pursuing them like the first exodus. Remember in Egypt, as they left, the armies of Egypt were coming. Warren Worsby relates this to us. These verses describe both the joy of the exiles of their release from captivity and the joy of Israel when they share in the glorious exodus in the end of the age and return to their land. As God redeems His chosen nation, celebration breaks out. So we see it illustrated in two parables recorded in the Gospel of Luke. Please look with me at Luke. We're going to look at Luke 15 and we see a couple of examples here of the joy. Luke chapter 15, the first example is 
shared beginning at verse 3. So he told them this parable saying, What man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open pasture and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I tell you that in the same way there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Do we rejoice when somebody comes to know the Lord, when God saves someone? Do we go around them and say, welcome to the fellowship, welcome to the body of Christ, welcome? And I know this is kind of not looked upon sometimes. Well, do you ever give a, a brother or sister a hug who's struggling? You ever done that? We used to be able to do that, didn't we, Doug, at the jail, but now we can't do it, but we used to. And you know why? You know, they come to all these restrictions, but I'm thankful to God that Doug and he's got another guy working with him and can still go in there. There's a lot of jails and prisons that have closed their doors and don't allow that anymore. Sharing the word, that's what it's all about. The second one shared here beginning at verse 8 in Luke 15. Or what woman, if she has ten silver coins and loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin which I had lost. In the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels over one sinner who repents. That's a joyful celebration that it's talking about even here in Isaiah that when God brings someone, when he saves someone, there's rejoicing in heaven. There also should be rejoicing with us as well. Do any of us deserve to be saved? No, not one of us. But we're all sinners saved by grace. God's word is clear. We didn't earn it. And what I would always be afraid of, and we have some neighbors that we're trying to witness to, Scientologist, Jehovah's Witness, all around us in our neighborhood. But I'm praying for the opportunity to share the clear gospel, what the Bible says with them. And I believe God can open that up anytime. God rescues, he delivers his people from the judgment brought on by their disobedience. He delivered Israel. How often does God rescue us from the consequences of our disobedience to his word? Remember, God's word is our first and only counsel when we're suffering because of disobedience to God. And we need to repent. We need to say, God, I've been wrong. I admit it. Help me to turn from it. And walk on the path you have for me. One song reminds us of God's word concerning salvation. And here's what it says. It's entitled, No Matter What. A lot of us grew up believing at any moment we could lose it all. The drop of a hat, God might turn his back and move on. A lot of us feel like we blew it. 
thinking that we're just too far gone, but I want you to know there's still hope for you now. No matter what you've done, you can't erase his love. Nothing can change it. You're not separated no matter what. There's never been a better time to get honest. There's never been a better time to get clean. So come as you are, run to the cross, and be free. Oh, be free. Again, just a reminder of God's grace, God's mercy. And does it ever stop? Not according to God's word. An inmate named Aaron shares this about the impact of God's word on his life. And he entitled it, his name's Aaron Harnage. He's in Moorhaven, Florida, correctional facility, serving his time. Show me how to live, it's entitled. Show me how to live, no matter what I do. I can't get my mind off you. You've given me so much hope, so much meaning I never knew. I'm so hungry for your word because I know it's filled with truth. No matter what the devil does, he'll never separate me from you. You live deep inside me now, a friend truly closer than a brother. It's your love that drives me forward. It couldn't be found in any other. I'm so thankful that you found my heart worth enough to save. Now I ask for guidance on the straight and narrow way. Show me how to live. That's a good prayer to have in the morning, isn't it? Lord, show me how to live. Help me to use today wisely, focusing on you and serving you. For Israel, when they returned from their captivity to Jerusalem, their deliverance would be a memorial to the Lord of his word filled with promises that they're all true. For us, we're to be salt and light is found in the truth of God. God saved us. We are his children. We're being set apart daily into reflecting more and more the image of God's son, Jesus. When we walk through the deserts of life, the thorn bushes and nettles will turn into the cypress and myrtle trees that worship our God, all of creation. God's word that he will never leave us nor forsake us, that no one can remove us from the Father's mighty right hand, and that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that's truth. God's word, the stories about Enoch, who walked with God, Nehemiah, who wept for his people, who lived in Jerusalem with broken down walls, Paul, who had a thorn in the flesh, yet recorded when it wasn't removed, shared, then I will rejoice in my afflictions. Those are all reminders of God's word, always accomplishing whose purpose? His purpose. His will. Not only in the lives of those in Israel, but in our lives as well. When we put our trust in Him, God will never, ever make a mistake in our life. There's always His purpose for us. And that means we submit to who? To Him, to His will. Are we ever surprised how God answers in our lives? Have you ever been surprised? Is it worse? No, it's always better because, again, his ways and thoughts are higher than our thoughts.
So we've come to the close of our study in Isaiah 55, reminding us we need to be thankful to God this Thanksgiving season, but all the time throughout the year of three gifts that God has given us, his salvation. Can we thank him enough? Every morning, God saved us. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. But he gave us salvation. Secondly, he gave us his mercy. Praise the Lord, his ways are not our ways. Boy, can you imagine what would be happening if we got our way all the time or our plans always came about instead of God's plans for it? It'd be chaos, wouldn't it? Even more chaotic than it is today. And then thirdly, he gave us the gift of his word. Every time we open God's word, we need to say, thank you, God, for your word. Thankful that we live in a country we can still open it freely. I've been reading about some of the, what some of those in mission fields, what they put up with to, to even be able to, to look at a few verses of the Bible. That they have to have somebody on guard. Because if they're found out, they could go to prison or they could be killed. Putting their lives on the line for God's word. Are we blessed by having our own Bibles, by having an opportunity to study it, meditate upon it, and then allow the Holy Spirit to apply it to our lives? Absolutely. We have so much to be thankful for. And I do exhort you as brothers and sisters in Christ, continue making that list of what we should be thankful for. We started that a few weeks ago. I hope you did. I tried to. But do it every day. Say, God, I want to add to that list. I want to thank you. When we go to prayer before God, we should have a whole bunch at the top saying, thank you, God, for this and that. How many close calls have you ever had this year? Well, just driving on the streets, believe me. In October, we survived a rear-end crash, but God brought us through that. Never been sandwiched before from the back and the front. But God spared us through that. And I've been reminded of that too. When people ask how I'm doing, I'm, I'm here. We're still here another day. We can serve the Lord today. Might be our last day on this earth, but we want to do it because we love God. And He saved us. And we know where we're going to be if anything happens. When that time comes and God calls us home, where will we be? With Him. For how long? Ten years? No warranty worn out? No. Forever. That's God's promise in His Word. So I challenge you again, keep that list going throughout the year of thanking God for all He has given us. Let's pray. Father God, we're thankful as we near the end of 2019 for another year to serve you, another year to represent you as King of kings, Lord of lords. May we ever praise you as the angels do in heaven over even one coming to know you, one, one person being saved. They rejoice. May we rejoice not only for that, but for everything you have given us. We don't deserve any of it. And yet you've blessed us with it. May we have thankful hearts every day on this earth, knowing you are on the throne, that you have saved us forever, 
and that someday we will be with you. Thank you, Lord, for your promises. And we look forward to, Lord, how you will work in each life here the remainder of this year and next year and all the years you give us to be upon this earth. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.